Thanks once again for joining Cranford Radio. Today, we are on the campus of Union County College at the William Miller Sperry Observatory. And if you grew up in Cranford and went to school in Cranford, chances are pretty good that at some time during your school career, you paid a visit here for a tour of the observatory. Chances are, though, that tour was during the daylight when you really can't see too much with the telescopes that they have here. However, we're here on a Friday evening when they normally have uh, an open house, and I'm joined by Mary Duca, Jim Nordhausen, and Aaron Zuckerman. They are all part of Amateur Astronomers Incorporated. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you for having us. Let's start off, for those who aren't familiar with this, tell me what is Amateur Astronomers. Mary, you're the current president, so why don't you uh, give me a little bit of an overview of Amateur Astronomers, if you would, please. Amateur Astronomers Incorporated, or also known as AAI, is an astronomy club, an amateur astronomy club here, based here at Sperry Observatory. Uh, we're a club of about 200 people, one of the largest amateur astronomy clubs in the Northeast, and um, what we do here is we promote the science of astronomy. It's a hobby for a lot of people, but we also do a lot of other things such as observing, research, we provide programs for youth groups, we do outreach programs, um, we have monthly meetings. Everyone is welcome to come here every Friday night. Jim, why don't you tell me a little bit about the facilities they have here because you've been involved with building some of these facilities. Well, not really building, more restoring. Um, we have a 24-inch reflector telescope that is about 42 years old. Uh, we recently put $25,000 into it to upgrade it and bring it into the 21st century, um, and it was well worth every dollar spent. Uh, we're now fully automated, computerized. Just click on an object on the screen and it goes there. Uh, no longer doing it the old-fashioned way. Uh, we also have a 10-inch refractor telescope that was hand-built by club members in the late 60s and installed in 1972 and then donated to the college. Uh, with these two telescopes, we have some fine observing facilities, and we also have a dark sky site up in Jenny Jump State Forest where we have a 14-inch telescope in very dark skies where you can see the Milky Way naked eye. You talk about dark skies. Here in Cranford, we're about 19 miles as the crow flies from Times Square, so obviously there is quite a bit of light pollution that gets into our area. Aaron, how do you overcome that, and what can you see when you look through these telescopes? So light pollution, uh, just for those of you that don't know, is light that's from Earth that makes its way up into the sky and overpowers the stars and objects you're trying to look at. So think about standing in the middle of Manhattan with all the lights in your eyes. You, you can't see stars. Being here in Jersey, it's a little bit better than downtown Manhattan, but not by much. What we do is we, we tend to point to objects that we know we can see. Things that are bright, the moon, planets, bright galaxies like Andromeda, bright nebula like Orion. But beyond that we have, besides the large telescopes which aid in collecting light, think of a bucket, the bigger the bucket, the more rain it's going to collect. The bigger the telescope, the more light it's going to collect. Uh, we also use a series of filters that will help to cut out all the light except what's coming from the objects. Fortunately for us, uh, physics allows that certain nebula only emit in very, very specific wavelengths or colors of light, and these we can filter for. So we can filter out everything except oxygen-3, which is one of the lines of oxygen that's emitted by nebula. It happens to be green, so all of the images that you see when you look at the telescope are green, but that's okay because you're just looking at it. So that really helps us because of the size of the telescopes that we have here. 
to cut through the light pollution as much as we can. It doesn't work on everything. Faint galaxies, the Milky Way itself, um, dim stars, we just can't filter for. There's just no effective way to do that. But you'd be amazed at what you can do with, even with naked eye observing, before you even put a camera on the telescope, because of course a camera can collect light for a lot longer than your eye can, and we can use computer software to process out all the noise and a lot of the light pollution. Um, but even with just your naked eye, with large telescopes and proper filters, you'd be amazed at the level of detail you can see here. Mary, Jim talked about one of the telescopes being 42 years old. Amateur Astronomers Incorporated has been around for a while. Do you know a little bit of the history that you can share with us? Yes, actually, it was organized on November 14, 1949, by a group of amateur astronomers here in the Cranford area. Eventually, they got to uh, work with Union County College, known as Union Junior College, back in the early 60s. And from there, it went to, they were able to secure funding from um, somebody by the name of William Beinecke. He is the grandson of, um, Sperry, of Sperry and Hutchinson, which is the SNH Green Stamp. So uh, he and his mother wanted to do something to honor their, his, his grandfather. So what they did was they donated over $100,000 to build this observatory and take it from there. It was built, it was dedicated in 1967, so we just actually had a 50th anniversary of the dedication of this building. So the club's been around for a long time. Jim, I'd like to ask all of you actually, what was sparked your interest in astronomy? Well, I actually found a 10-inch reflector telescope in the garbage. Um, it was broken in need of repair, but I work in a machine shop, so over the course of the month I, uh, I fixed it. And then I actually stumbled upon some members at a club setting up a star party in Wachung Reservation while I was standing around waiting for the hayride up there. So uh, I saw them setting up a telescope. I walked over there. They gave me a, a, a business card, and a month later I was uh, a member. Mary, how about you? Uh, I joined, um, I think, uh, back in 19... 98, I think it was. I've always had an interest in astronomy, especially when I was a teenager. I was very much interested in the space program. And eventually, I was able to make my way here. And I've been a member ever since, and I've absolutely enjoyed it. And Aaron, how about you? My grandfather got me hooked. My grandfather had been a member here since the mid-90s. And one night, he just brought a telescope over to the house, set it up on the driveway, um, pointed it at Jupiter, and I was hooked. And I started coming with him before I was even old enough to be a member. Um, so I started coming, and then I joined as soon as I was old enough, took the qualifi qualification course that we have here, because we offer a course to our members to train them in not only astronomy, but in also how to use the telescopes that we have. I took that as soon as I was eligible, and I've been a dedicated member ever since. When you look at this telescope, and you think back to when this building was built back in the mid-1960s, that was the time as far as space where we had the Gemini program, the two men capsules that were going up before the Apollo program. We had not yet walked on the moon. Obviously a lot has changed. Now we have the International Space Station, we have the Space Shuttle, we have the Hubble Space Telescope. When you have things like that, does that increase the interest in astronomy, do you think? Or when you look at something like the Hubble Telescope and what it can see when it is far beyond the Earth's atmosphere uh, and it doesn't have to worry about light pollution or even the atmosphere interfering with it, how, how does that affect the interest in astronomy, do you think? 
whenever there's a something in the news, whenever there's uh, a big event in space or a comet, what have you, uh, membership takes an uptick, people's public interest who come, there's lines out the door. Astronomy being in the news and being in the news on a regular basis is, is certainly a help for getting people interested in coming here and in astronomy in general. As to your question about the impact of something like Hubble on what we have here, it's actually an interesting mix because people expect Hubble quality results, which because of the light pollution we can't really deliver here. Yeah. Many of our members can deliver really great imaging results from taking their own equipment to travel. And with modern technology, modern cameras, the fact that everything's computerized, we're actually involved in a project that works with Hubble to augment data that's collected by Hubble for hunting down exoplanets or planets traveling around other stars. We can actually collect data here in Cranford with amateur equipment that is used in studies by the scientists working with Hubble. I think this is really one of the first times in history that you can really make as a citizen an impact since the 18th century. The name of the organization has amateur at the beginning. Professionals, whether it's college professors here on campus or other professionals, are they able to take advantage of this equipment beyond what Aaron was talking about when it comes to uh, being part of a network, for, for instance, for the Hubble Space Telescope? They can take advantage of it. In most cases, we like them to be members of the, uh, the club because that, that way then they would have access to the telescope. Um, but we did have some professors here at uh, Union County College who have been members, who have given presentations, and have been part of some research that they have been doing. Mary, you talked at the beginning about every Friday this facility being open. It's open to the public. For someone who does have an interest in astronomy, would love to come out to see this, tell me again when they can come out and some of the things that they can take advantage of. We are open every Friday night, free of charge to the public from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. We give a presentation every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. by one of our members on an astronomy-related topic. And also we do observing if the weather permits. Even if the weather isn't good, we are here because we do give these presentations. We also, on Friday evenings, um, we give youth programs to Cub Scout groups, Girl Scout groups, kindergarten groups, etc. Those get scheduled, so um, you can find us. We have a website, www.asterism.org, which gives a lot of information about our club, like what the upcoming presentations, plus how you can schedule a group to come at 7 p.m. Um, the one exception to our Friday nights is from September through May. We are up at the main campus for a general membership meeting on the third Friday of each month. And those meetings are a business meeting, but it's followed by a speaker who is usually a university professor or an, a professional astronomer. And uh, we have an upcoming meeting on December the 15th. We have uh, Dr. Joshua Pepper from Lehigh University is going to come and speak. So those meetings are open to the public also. They're free of charge, and we would love to have people come out to it. Mary, Jim, Aaron, thank you all very much for being part of the interview tonight. Thank you. Thanks for thank stopping you. by.